Hello, I'm Laura Serrant and welcome to my podcast, Speaking for Ourselves. This is one in a series of these podcasts. Speaking for Ourselves is about listening to the voices and the stories of the people who influence us. Speaking to Ourselves is also about listening to our own stories and our own voices and the importance of being heard. I hope you enjoy the podcast. In this episode, I'm speaking with Dr. Delroy Hall. Delroy is a qualified counsellor and he's also a coach. And uh, welcome, Delroy. Lovely yes, to good morning there, uh, Laura. Welcome. Thank you much indeed for the invitation. Thank you. And happy birthday. Yeah. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. 62 <laughs> years young and still loving it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's the only way is up from here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, thanks for spending time with us today. Mm -hmm. Um, My first question, which I ask everybody, is I've given your your official Sunday title, should I say, but who is Delroy Hall? Mm, I think I'm finding that out, actually. Seriously, (laughs) I think I'm finding that out now. Um, Delroy Hall, uh, well, first generation from Windrush, that place is me, born in the UK, lived in a place called Newark, Nottinghamshire. Um, got still got its own Caribbean community centre, I think. Um, oh. So uh, yes, yeah, so I've still got family there, and then moved to Leicester when I was ten, and then remained in Leicester till I was thirty-seven. Moved to Sheffield. So um, who am I? Gosh, um, yeah, very very people focused, and I don't know where that came from. Um, I've been asked mm-hmm. a few times, how did I get involved in kind of people focusing, and I can't really remember other than. When I was 15, um, on a Friday afternoon, we had electives. So lads yeah. did football and other outdoor stuff. And women did rounders. But there was first aid. Oh. And I decided to do first aid. And I thought I'd get a ribbon from my friends. And I didn't. And I loved it. So at, six, at 15, 16, I was doing first aid. Then I joined the British Red Cross for about three or four years, doing voluntary first aid things. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I was kind of, I was also an athlete. I was also an athlete, a 400 meter hurdler. And then it came to the fact that I had to make a decision really, either continue the athletics or do the first aid. And I was really enjoying athletics, so I dropped the first aid. And so, so at, at 20, I was number two in Great Britain, 400 meter. Wow. 400 meter hurdler, long time ago, 42 years ago, when I was a lot slimmer and no gray hairs and all that. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then um, I didn't really, didn't do very well at my academic work at all. Um, at 17, took five GCs as they were then. Uh, got yep. five U's. That's another thing altogether. Oh, wow. Yeah, it took... Um, I bet that went down well. Oh, good Lord. It, well, it, it, didn't, it didn't go down too well with my parents. And, but, it, it, but I was gutted for months because it meant, well, you know, it was a bleak future back in the 70s. Yeah. So I took O-levels, more O-levels the following year. I only got one, which was English. First one I got. And I remember the... I saw the tutor, Leslie Walker, his name was an old guy. And he saw me, he said, what grade did you get? I said, I got grade B, sir. And he said, oh, it's a pity I put you down for an A. And I remember feeling really elated because I didn't, yeah. you know, I wasn't very good. Anyway, I did some more A-levels the following year. Uh, did A-levels the year after that, failed them as well. And um, joined British Telecom as a, well, as a clerical assistant, then became a telephone engineer, but it just didn't cut it for me. Mm. Um, the church I went to at the time, I was a youth leader. And, yes. um so the youth leader, the, the church, every year they had a national youth camp. And then if you're a youth leader in the local church, you then became a camp counsellor. And I was a camp counsellor and I was there for the week and thought, this is kind of serious stuff, you know, people are talking mm. to you and blah, 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 blah. So how do you learn the skills? 
So that was then, it started a two year search on trying to get the skills. Yeah. Um, in the end, I ended up doing a counseling certificate at Vaughan College Leicester. Mm-hmm. And it was like this world had just opened up to me. I was now 28. What was this world of counseling? It was just absolutely immense. So that really kind of took me on a particular journey. Um, yes. So 28 started my certificate, then went to university proper at 38 to do a master's. So that's that bit of me. Um, and yeah, the, the master's at, at, um, at, at 38 and then then I started the PhD later on. Mm-hmm. So it's been a kind of, it's not been the traditional journey. A-levels at 18, degree at 21, then your master's and PhD. It's been a kind of, kind of um, circuitous journey. But um, very interested, no, not interested in, deeply concerned about the black experience living in Britain. Mm-hmm. It's not an interest for me. Some people have an interest, like a job. So when yeah. they retire, then they walk away from it. This is a concern. In fact, I've said to folks recently, it's an existential concern. Yes. Of the black, the black male experience in Britain. Mm-hmm. And how do I understand it? And then as a counsellor, psychotherapist, then how do I help me and how do I help us navigate this environment um, so that we don't lose it? And we, you know, we become successful and so forth and so forth. So that's me in a really, really tiny nutshell. Um, the other thing, to, uh, in, in, and outside of all this stuff, um, I remember I wanted to take up hurdling again in my 50s and my friend said to me, former British athlete <laughs> said, that's not really a good idea, Delroy. So I said, why not? She said, well, you're older and your ligaments aren't there, all the rest of it. So she said, think of something else. And I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. Golf didn't speak to me because it's too passive. No. So I remember mentioning it to a friend. I said, you don't know what to do. He said, well, you thought about a triathlon. I said, I don't really swim. So if you can learn that. So at oh. age 57, I started swimming and absolutely loved it. Gosh. Um, the idea was to do an Ironman at 60, but I was very unwell at 60. So, but I've done some sprint triathlons. So this whole thing about black men can't swim ain't true. All we right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you you definitely swim. were a swimmer, not a sinker then. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a swimmer. Oh, absolutely a swimmer. Yeah. So that's me in a tiny nutshell. Um, gosh. Yeah. I've, I've worked for Sheffield Hallam University for 20 years as a student counselor and decided to leave December. I didn't, when I looked at where I was, yes. there was no other challenge for me, no other intellectual challenge. Love yes. working with students, but intellectual challenge, none. Um, so then I started my own business at 61 and absolutely loving it. Um, Fabulous. Well, we'll definitely, we'll definitely come to that. So actually, you're, you know, lots of people have faced a challenge over the last like 18 months, sure. let's say with COVID, but you've, you've had made a transition during that point quite a major transition which is which is great one of the things that um i often speak with people about when during these podcasts is actually just the whole idea of speaking for ourselves and you know these podcasts are really about as i what i call stories worth telling Mm. and you talk about some really interesting phases that you've been through but Mm. what inspires you to tell your story I think what inspires to tell a story is um, you don't know who's out there. You don't know who's mm-hmm. struggling. You don't know who's got dreams. Um, I remember the lecture by a guy called James Coney. He's passed away now. He was, the, the lecture was called The Cross and the Lynching Tree. So he kind of is a black theologian in America. And he did this brilliant lecture on the cross and the lynching tree. And he's asked the question, why at the age you are, are you still doing this type of stuff? 
And he said, you never know who's out there. Mm -hmm. So I share the story because I remember doing training. I do lots of training, I mean, which I really enjoy. And somebody said, well, you know, we don't know who you are. You know, there's, you know, you just got the first slide and you're straight into it. But actually, we don't know who you are. Mm. And somebody said, people need to hear your story. That, you know, they look at, they look at all the letters behind the name, but they don't yes. know the journey. The other thing I didn't mention that a, 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 um, a strong theme that's been in my life for the last 30 years, I've been a pastor for mm -hmm. 30 years and became a bishop. So then I, I in, a way, in a way, I kind of straddled two worlds. I kind of straddled the religious world and the world of psychotherapy and so forth and so forth. Yes. So it's kind of letting people know, actually, well, this is me. I'm a human being, but you don't know who's out there who's got aspirations. Yes. I remember some time ago being a keynote speaker and asked, that's the question, how can you as an ordained bishop then straddle the world of psychotherapy and Freud and Jung and all the rest of it? So... You know, it creates this tension, but actually there might be people out there who have dreams and desires, but they haven't got a role model or no reference point. Mm -hmm. You know, so so yeah, I share my story because you just don't know who's out there. Because when I was younger, I just didn't see people of colour, black people. There were, but I just I, I just didn't know them, and I wondered yes. whether I could do certain things because I was yes. black. You know, so yeah, yeah, and, and often um, our experience and you, you, sometimes our geography changes the context in which yeah, we kind of learn about ourselves or learn or learn yeah. about other people as well. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to me that you you talk about um, being inspired to tell your story because you're not sure who else, who's out there. Mm. Because one of the things um, and people asking saying that they don't they need to know about you not just mm. what you can tell them in terms of a, a presentation etc sure. and, and that's some of the premise of, of why I, I do these podcasts mm. is that often people certainly for me I've had similar situations where people looked at the letters after your name whatever and they think but how do you get one of those what does one of those actually mean mm. and you know people sometimes are a bit um, surprised that you're relatively human <laughs> you know that you Absolutely. can actually that you can speak and you laugh and you do all the things yeah, that everybody else does you know um, I don't know what they but be people believe that mm. you do outside of those spaces but that's often um, you know what happens mm -hmm. so so that's one of the reasons why I called these podcasts mm. speaking for ourselves mm. so when I say the phrase speaking for what does speaking for yourself actually mean to you Gosh, that's, that's a very good question, actually, because um, it's making me it's making me think. I guess it's making me think about my own life. Mm -hmm. And uh, believe it or not, at 61, well, now 62 now, I just don't feel I've got anywhere near my, my potential yet. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing that kind of drives me, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think speaking for myself, I guess the question for me is, with all the stuff that's gone on, how far can I grow? Yeah. And I'm not... And I don't think there's a, I don't think there's actually an endpoint. I really don't think it's an endpoint. Yeah. But speaking for myself really is how far can I grow as a human being? Yes. And that remains a challenge for me. And I've, I've said to my, my friends, I don't, I don't plan to retire. You know, for thirty years counselling, teaching, lecturing, coaching, mentoring, writing, doing training. When do you quit that? Well, you don't. Yes. You're developing other people. Well, when do you stop that? Well, you don't. Um, so I think guess speaking for me is that I still haven't reached my potential yet and I'm still trying to I'm still on that quest 
and we're, and we're glad to hear it. We're glad to hear it. I was interested, you were saying that um, just in December, this well, last December, so six months ago, give or take, seven months ago, um, you started to work independently, started your own business. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell us a little bit about um, your business. Yeah, so my business is, is mainly counselling and training, uh, but I've done a whole heap of stuff. One of the things I never realised when I trained as a counsellor, the skills that you develop are really transferable across a whole mm -hmm. range of stuff. And one of the things you said to me, Laura, some time ago, in terms of our past, when, we, when we've, um, when I have been mentored by you, I have, I've got to say that loud and clear, you have. Um, and, and you're still standing. Yeah, I'm still standing. <laughs> standing. But also, though, just to say for those who are listening, that uh, be very careful you take law on, you know, because months later, you still hear a voice in your head. And I'm not sure <laughs> if that's a good thing or not. But um, I remember you saying something sometime to me about, um, you say yes, and then after that, you find out to work it out. So some time ago, I was asked to do uh, mediation. I've never done it before. Well, I said I've not done it before, but actually my friend reminded me, you have in couples counseling and so forth, but this was something different. Somebody mm -hmm. made an allegation and da 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 da. And um, so I did it and uh, I really enjoyed the process. Um, there's one or two things I didn't quite get right, but the people came back to me, they had a long conversation and I, and I did the report, redid the report, sent it back to them, really, really happy with it. So. Um, so it is essentially counselling and training, but at the minute it's just taking off in, in ways I just didn't envisage. Being an associate for various places, um, asked to do some training, I'm doing some stuff around now with black men and trauma and black men and mm -hmm. suicide. That wasn't there when I started in January. I just didn't know. I just know that I had a bit of money in the bank. Uh, it wasn't much. I had a bit of money in the bank and I just thought, you know what, it's now or never. Um, but also... I wasn't just, it wasn't a case, I've just left college. I've got 30 yeah. years under the belt. Um, yes. So I wasn't just starting off with 18 months in a college or two years. It was 30 years of learning my craft. Um, so, yeah. And life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've, you know, again, um, I reminded you, you said earlier on about people seeing you. Uh, there's a, I've never heard this guy, but there's an African-American preacher in the States who's built a very large church. And you'll say to people quite often, you might see the glory, but you don't know the story. Yes. That, oh, I love that. I love yeah, that phrase. Nice, that is absolutely true. Yes. So I was talking to somebody yesterday, a young student who's who's doing a lot. Of, so he's got his, he's got his degree, he's doing a lot of security work at the minute, trying to find a job. And when I shared with him some of the jobs I've done, you know, kitchen porter, cleaned offices, clean toilets. And he kind of looked at me. And said, yeah, it's all a part of the journey. You know, all a part of the journey of you getting to where you want to get to. So, um, you know, so I said it for me, doing those jobs about providing for my family. So, yeah. so forth and so forth. So, so yeah. Uh, so counselling, training, um, anything to do with human interaction. That's really yes. Yeah. 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 So what are your thoughts about, I mean, uh, about actually moving into this new phase, transitioning to this new phase in your life and your work? Um, there's a bit, you know, the cliche, I wish I'd done it sooner. And in fact, I'd, I'd say to folks, if you get nudgings and impulses to do things, it's worth exploring. Mm -hmm. I started when I kind of resigned from ministry in, 1950, uh, in, in, um, in uh, 2018. I really should have done it four or five years before. And, and, there's, and the myriad of stories of people who do things when they get to a crisis and they look back and say, you know what, I should have done this before. Mm -hmm. um, so I've just lost point of your question again. Uh, I was saying, what are your thoughts about 
this transition oh, into transition. this new phase, into this yeah, new um, phase of your life at, at 62, happy yeah, birthday abs- again. <laughs> absolutely loving it. I just didn't, I just didn't anticipate it. And I think it's just taking a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, my fear was on December the 17th, I remember talking to some colleagues at Sheffield Hallow, my fear was that all the phone calls would stop on December the 18th. <laughs> yes. This fear. And somebody said to me, Delroy, Everybody I know who's got independent have had the same experience, but actually you'll find out it goes the other way. And mm-hmm. I never thought after three, three months, I was saying to people, um, I've got a waiting list, you know, um, you know, are you able to wait for another two or three months? And I, I w- I'll be honest with you, I was hoping that people might have gone somewhere else, but they said, no, we'll wait. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so the, and, and they've waited. Um, and the other thing that I've done, which I didn't mention, um, I started a Facebook Live last year. Oh, wow, yeah. Tuesday evening, and it's still going 16 months on, and I can't believe it. And then that started off with a 12-minute video. Mm-hmm. That's all it was, a 12-minute video. So I think... What, can, I, can I just ask you, what, you, what was your 12-minute video about? Uh, the 12-minute video was about dealing with loss, grief, and bereavement, because lots of people had lost loved ones in the Caribbean community. And a newspaper article I read about a church group saying that the families were being well supported. And I said, no, they're not. I was <laughs> really indignant about it. I said, no, they're not. I know they're not. So I spoke to a couple of friends. I said, I'm just going to put a 12 minute, you know, little video out, out there. Now, Facebook, I went on occasionally. You know, I'm an old timer. So, you know, we don't do, well, we do Facebook. <laughs> I didn't go on much. And so here am I doing this, this thing on my phone sending it to Facebook and I just thought there'd be a few views and then I someone within a day of some like 200 views and I thought wow and then I spoke to a friend and the, a couple of same two friends have you ever thought about doing a Facebook live well what's that so I got <laughs> reporters in, you know you know what's Facebook live so I did this Facebook live on April the 20 uh, 16th of April last year if I remember rightly when I looked at the views sometime early on this year, something like just under 3,000 views. Wow. So I've done a Facebook Live every Tuesday, seven till around about 25 past seven on a whole range of human stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just, my, the stuff I'm doing at the minute is dealing with toxic people. And I've been- I've Oh, been, wow. Well, I think we can all probably think about toxic people <laughs> we've dealt with. <laughs> I was talking and, and you got people in the chat box saying, oh yeah, that reminds me of somebody I'm working with at the minute or, you know, so so uh, I think I looked at yesterday, something like 560 odd views that people- Oh, brilliant. And people have shared it. Um, so I'll be continuing part two, um, you know, tomorrow. So transition for me has been really exciting. Um, absolutely exciting. I don't know what's going to happen next. I think the danger, of course, is then it's taking on too much. Yes. Then the balance. Yeah. Then then the stuff you do then hasn't got depth to it. And I'm really some. I want if I do something, I want to know it's done well, that people walk away with an experience and not mm-hmm. you know, kind of run of the mill thing. So the transition for me has been fantastic. Um, my prayer and wishes that I can keep good health. That's down to me to a large extent. That yes. Myself. That's down to me decent diet exercise so yeah if I can keep going my mum's 86 and she's sharp as anything if I can keep going to that well age, uh, you've got a yeah. good, you come from good stock indeed I do indeed I do yeah indeed I do yeah so. can can everybody can people still access your your past Facebook lives and everything yeah yeah if you um it's Dr Delroy Hall um I don't think you have to be a friend I think you've just gone to Dr Delroy Hall 
and I've got all the videos up. People said I should be monetizing it, and maybe I should now. But um, I just think it's it's what it is. I've, I've yeah. So Dr. Delroy Hall, Tuesday night, seven o'clock. Um, and what it is really just giving some people hints and tips how to deal with certain situations. Yes. But if but I do make it clear from time to time, if you need to see a GP, go and see a GP. And, and, and what I'm doing is not therapy, but just giving you some strategies that can help you through a crisis and then mm-hmm. go and see somebody to work it through with and so forth and so forth. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, Dr. Delroy Hall. Um, yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Right. We will be listening in tomorrow. Hopefully you'll have extra listeners tomorrow yeah, night. Yeah, then. Really good, yeah. really One thing that you did mention a little earlier that um, I, I was really interested in was the idea of uh, as, a, as a man. Counseling and providing that that voice and hearing the stories of other men mm. do you how do you think that the, the the kind of having that male voice um actually how it impacts what you're able to do or actually the you know the the access or the support you can provide for other men well certainly gosh i guess i've done work with white men as well as black men but um i think certainly they see you and at least you've entered into that space of looking at Essentially, looking at yourself. That's what it's really about. It's actually looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult, quite often, when men do come to see me, they're in a bit of a crisis. Yeah. One thing I'll say now for people who are listening, that I'm, and I'm not running business for myself because I've got lots on, but there's but there's other counsellors. Counsellors are very, very good at giving strategies that helps you before crisis takes place. Mm-hmm. Quite often, people only come and see us when there's a crisis. So you've got to deal with all the emotion, all the fallout, all the rest of it. But you can go and see a counsellor to say, look, I can see that if I don't get this thing sorted out, there's problems. Yeah. There. Can we spend some sessions together? And then, and counsellors are really very, very good at giving hints and tips, kind of dealing with things. So I think just having uh, a man is important and also a man who they can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, a man who's not kind of necessarily touchy-feely, but is has got they can sense has got lived experience and also he understands what they're going through um yeah it kind of gets them yeah and understands how difficult it can be for men to articulate how they feel um, i think i think I, I think that's a really important point um and i think i was just thinking when you were saying about contacting a counselor before the crisis mm. because as you say for many people myself included you think of counseling as a crisis point Mm -hmm. saving you from going over the edge um you know and and it seems what you're saying is that actually that's an option long Mm -hmm. when you can see the edge long before you you get to it sure and also so if if you're coming to uh you know uh cost cutting having the skills and the strategies before the crisis will save you a whole heap of money wow because um, sometimes when you go to see a counsellor in a crisis, it can take quite a few months to work through the emotions alone. Yes. Before you start getting to the root of the thing. Mm-hmm. But if you can, if you've got the wherewithal before the crisis hits and mm-hmm. you go and see a counsellor, maybe, I don't know, four or five sessions maybe, which is a lot better than say six or seven months. Yes. You know, so, so you know, don't wait for the crisis. Um, if you can, if, if you, if you kind of get a sense that, you know, if I can, if I continue going on like this, I'm finished. Go and see a counsellor before it's yeah. yeah, it all, all makes sense. Mm. One of the things that I do know about you in, in your history and working with counselling is that, um, you know, you've worked with, with sports people as well and working with footballers. Um, mm. And, you know, here we are on uh, the Monday morning after the, the night before. 
um, you know, for those of you who were watching the European Cup. And I just uh, wonder, again, have you got any thoughts about in, in terms of the support um, and your experience of supporting um, footballers or sports people as a sports person yourself at this point of, um, of, of um, the outcome or the outcome, should I yeah. say, from, from last night? Yeah, football is a very closed community because uh, one of the issues is one of trust. Mm -hmm. So, football. So this is my fourth season as a chaplain at Sheffield United Football Club, and football footballers have shared a little, and they're really working out whether they can trust you or not, and it takes time. Talking to the England team now, um, I'm my hope and prayer is that the three black guys who missed the penalties. These are three black, these are not three white guys who missed penalties, these are three black guys who missed penalties. My prayer is that they have a good family support and friend support around them because they'll be living with this for months, mm -hmm. you know, of, of what's kind of taken place. So, um, and, and also they're quite, you know, the young as well and so forth and so forth. So I think for footballers are very, they're a very different breed. Um, so, but I think for all, obviously for all the players, they'll need a level of support. Uh, but for those three lads in particular who missed mm -hmm. the penalties, Rashford, Sanchez and... Um, Saka. Okay. Yeah, they will need lots of... Um, in fact, you saw the images of Saka last night. It was, it, yeah. it was going to be consoled. Yes. Um, and that's not, that's not going to... This morning, if he slept, that's going to continue for quite some time. Mm -hmm. But hopefully he's got the support network around him and got that inner resolve that he can actually continue working as a footballer and contribution and in fact Lord, I was thinking this morning that if I spoke if I could get speak to Rashford Sanchez and Saka this is what I would say to them now it's kind of different but when I was 17 I failed all my O-levels now it's a thing of the past yes what happened last night is raw like anything I remember how I felt for months when I lost when I failed the O-levels and these guys will feel raw for quite some time yet but at some point, it won't be a distant memory, but actually the significance that it has now, it won't have, say, in, in you know, maybe in 10 years' time. Mm. Um, but also, I think, you know, they'll all learn from it. Um, yes. And I'm hoping that my, you know, they'll become better players. Um, and hopefully as well, they, you know, the, the, the benefits of, of having... Um, a manager who equally has had exactly the same experience yes, absolutely and correct. Gareth Southwick in terms of the penalty miss and that yeah. I think that you know I think uh, hopefully that will also provide them a football family support as sure. well as as a family family support yeah, yeah. as well but yes I thought that um, we as not just because it was your birthday but as it was the day the morning after the night before yeah, yeah, that yeah. it would be remiss not to kind of talk about that today yeah. so yeah. Yeah, Let's just, I mean, you've, you've really shared with me some really interesting points about transition. And I'm thinking about um, the phrase that keeps going through my mind is that, um, you know, we're always constantly in a change and a transition. You know, it, there isn't a time at which we, we stop, as you said yourself, when, at what point do we stop helping mm -hmm. people if that's the thing that drives us? So I'm, I'm just thinking now then, as, you, as we sit here today, what would you say to your younger self, that younger person who who didn't pass their uh, O levels straight away? Yeah, that, that's a journey exercise. That's a journaling exercise. I've been a keen journalist since 1999, and I've yeah, the younger self, Delroy. Listen, things are going to be all right. Don't 
don't don't stress don't worry um you've got your whole life ahead of you um and you're far greater than you think you are mm-hmm. um and I, that, I don't mean that in a big-headed way i think self-love is so underestimated but it's really important and i don't mean self-love in terms of how long you spend in terms of you know the mirror in terms of grooming that's kind of part of it but actually appreciating yourself for who you are yeah. Um, I, well, let me just, you know, while we're being honest, um, well, I'm uh, being honest, I remembered for a youngster, I just thought I was the ugliest person who God created. This mm. was a bloke. And I I felt like that until I was in my very late 20s. Mm. Um, and so writing to a younger self would have been, look, Delroy, um, all that negative stuff that you've taken on and you're, you're consuming, it's not you. You're bigger than that. Mm-hmm. So I'd be, I'd be loving, I'd be a lot kinder, I'd be a lot kinder to, to him and tell him to not be so hard on himself because that being hard on himself is actually preventing him from moving forward. And yeah. also live life, you know, take chances, take risks. Um, I know where my, a lot of my anxiety came from when I was younger, it came from my mum. Um, mm. She's still alive and we've had a huge conversation around what happened to her and then what happened to me and so forth. Um, so yeah, live life. Life is to be enjoyed, um, and live it to the full. And you can, you can live it to the full. You know, it's a clergyman speaking now. Uh, you can live it to the full without sowing your wild oats all over the place and all that. Yeah. Type of, you know. So um, yeah, yeah. Enjoy life and live it to the full. That's right. a, that's a, that's a good message for for mm-hmm. anyone and for everyone. Yeah. So then, Paul, as we as we you move to this stage of your life, then mm-hmm. what three words would you use to describe yourself at this stage? Woo. Um, you can only have three words. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> and why? I suppose. Yeah. Learning, growing, transforming. Learning, growing, growing transforming. transforming. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know why? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. Well, the learning is that I'm still learning. Uh, committed to lifelong learning, not necessarily academic stuff but just reading Mm -hmm. youtube stuff trying stuff reflecting on it so um i you know you grow by learning and put it in operation and then i just think as you continue to grow you're being transformed so i'm 62 now what i'm gonna be like when i'm three years time i ain't got a clue in fact today um i've got bits and pieces to do one o'clock i'm gonna get my hair cut and then after that i'm gonna go into uh those of you know the mccure hotel in sheffield two or three hours with my journal just thinking ahead next three years what do I want to see happen mm-hmm. in three years really you know putting no barriers on it just free associating where it's going to take me um yeah so learning growing transforming so they're all verbs they're all doing action yeah. and that is exactly the point I was going to make show the the, the action man the sportsman the doer in you yeah. um is is really reflected in the words that you've chosen mm-hmm. now as we kind of come in towards um the close mm-hmm. there's one question that i always ask everybody um my um podcasts and my work are framed around um the hashtag speak silence speaks and it's really about the importance of hearing the things the stories that we don't usually hear but it's also about the importance of hearing ourselves and listening to our own silence and having that space to hear what we are telling ourselves mm-hmm. So when you stop and you listen to yourself, what is your voice of silence saying to you? Um, 
my voice was funny last night I, I did a kind of micro think thing on in journaling and um the question that is still there Delroy how far can you grow I look back at 30 years of ministry and on the dark days when I first when I was when I was thinking of resigning I felt as though I'd wasted 30 years of my life it's not true of course. Mm -hmm. and this is how I framed the last 30 years uh, so when I sit and with myself silent the 30 years is a foundation so what on earth is the building going to look like I have mm. no idea fabulous so I've got gosh 30 years in preparation 30 years yeah so what is the building going to look like how far can I grow I'm absolutely struck by that phrase how far can you grow that is an absolutely fabulous, fabulous yeah. phrase. Yeah. That's a good voice. It's yeah, a good message. Yeah. And you've got hours to write about it now, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> I have <laughs> indeed, yeah. I have indeed, yeah. 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 Well, Delroy, it's been absolutely wonderful to speak with you and to hear your story and to give us all the inspiration of how far can we grow? Yeah. That is a really good question that we can all really answer. So we've obviously heard that you've got your um, Facebook Live tomorrow yep. evening, which we can all um, listen to, Dr. Delroy Hall, Facebook on Facebook Live. Yep. But if people want to contact you, either in the professional capacity around your work or anything else, where can how can they contact you, and um, where, where where will we find you? Yeah, my website. Well, obviously, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Um, so my website is um, dot, 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 of course delwest.com. Delwest is D E L wes.com okay and what's your twitter handle at delroy doctor at delroy doctor well i'll make sure that i put those written down in the write-up that goes with the podcast so that we can so just again to say thank you very much thank you and have a happy happy birthday yeah thank you thank you for the invitation absolutely loved it laura thank you thank you no problem and we'll uh, see you soon again. yeah we'll do bye 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 I'm Laura Serrett, and you have been listening to my podcast, Speaking for Ourselves. We all have a voice, and we all have stories to tell. But if we don't use our own voices and tell our own stories, others will speak for us. And at best, they will mistell our stories. And at worst, they will render us silent. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.